Hi and welcome back. This is Disability Saves the World with Dr. Fadi Shinuda. I am Fadi Shinuda. This podcast brings you insights from leading experts in disability and math studies from around the world. You'll hear about the research and work of disabled scholars, activists, artists, and our allies. You'll also get some insight into their lives, their favorite non-DS activities, hobbies, and adventures. Most importantly, you'll hear how they think disability can save the world. My name again is Fadi Shinuda. I use he, him pronouns and identify as a fat, disabled, cis man of color. On today's show, I am for the first time coming to you with a group of folks who are here to speak about their collective writing and drawing project, a children's book called We Move Together. They are Dr. Kelly Fritch, Dr. Anne McGuire, and Eduardo Trijos. Kelly Fritch is a disabled writer, educator, and parent living in Ottawa with her mischievous cat, Lulu. She's an assistant professor in the Department of Sociology and Anthropology at Carleton University and the co-editor of Keywords for Radicals, a contested vocabulary of late capitalist struggle. Anne McGuire is an associate professor in the Program for Critical Studies in Equity and Solidarity at the University of Toronto, where she teaches courses in disability studies and disabled childhoods. She is the author of War on Autism, on the cultural logic of normative violence. Eduardo Trejos is a Costa Rican multidisciplinary artist, a lover of color, insatiable reader, and a parent of two boys. He currently lives in Toronto where he works as a graphic designer. I'm excited to speak to them about their project. It was really exciting and also challenging to try to figure out what parts of the story could be told through the images themselves and what parts then needed additional language. We knew that we wanted something very colorful, just kind of uh, showing that, uh, you know, that joyfulness you wanted to uh, communicate in, in the book. And how it came to be. Kelly and I were meeting in a park. We were just talking about the, our shared frustration about how we couldn't find a children's book to read with our children and our children's friends that talked about or addressed or engaged with ideas of disability justice, ableism, disability joy. And so we we said, well, why don't we write one? And to discuss how they think disability can save the world. Thank you all again for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. I'm really looking forward to having this conversation with you. Um, And it's so exciting that you are the first kind of group to be on the podcast. So I want to jump right in and ask, um, um, tell us about this project. You know, how did it come to be? So I think it was about four years ago um, is when we kind of had our first conversation about it. And this was outside of um, the CDSA conference at Ryerson. Um, And Kelly and I were meeting in a park um, downtown. And we were kind of just talking about um, our shared frustration. We both had, you know, quite young children at the time. I think Kelly's youngest was was just a baby um, at that point. And, um, and yeah, so we were just talking about the, our shared frustration about how we couldn't find a children's book to read with our children and our children's friends um, that talked about or addressed or engaged with ideas of disability justice, ableism, disability joy, and things like that. Um, and so we we said, well, why don't we write one? And then we kind of pulled Eduardo into it. Um, well, I, I, I will just say that... Um... Yeah, you, you and Kelly kind of plotted the whole thing uh, and, and you kind of brought me in uh, at some point. Well, not only to, 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 to see if I would be uh, willing to illustrate um, a whole book, which is something I hadn't done before, um, but also to, you know, to discuss the ideas and the, and the, the kind of plot um, and kind of develop characters and, and you know, storylines. Uh, Kelly and I were kind of starting to to talk about the text, right? So we were, when we're academics, like we, we kind of thought, okay, words are a thing. So we're going to talk about um, the storyline and we developed the storyline um, and, uh, you know, some words uh, to go along with it. Originally, it was quite simple. We move fast, we move slow, mm-hmm. and then we kind of developed it from there. Um, and And that was a really kind of interesting <clears throat> process. I think in children's publishing, there's not often... Um, too much overlap between what the author does and, and what the illustrator does. I think the author kind of writes the story and then um, transfers it to the illustri- illustrator typically. And then the illustrator, um, uh, you know, creates representations of, of the, that text. 
Um, and but it was really a back and forth process um, between Kelly and I and Eduardo. We we shared our words, our text with Eduardo, and Eduardo would then kind of mock up different images um, and send them back to us and share them with us. And then we would um, kind of have feedback for him, and he would have feedback for us. And the and the whole story um, and the text shaped in relation to the illustrations, and the illustrations really um, shaped or uh, mm. were shaped by the text. And so it was kind of a very collaborative process of coming to these images um, and texts that we have now. Yeah, partway through the process, we realized that a lot of the story could be told in the images. And that is something that Anne and I are not used to doing in our everyday work. We're, right. we're used to being very, you know, didactic um, and, and really spelling out everything that we mean to say through uh, written language. Uh, and so it was really exciting and also challenging to try to figure out what parts of the story could be told through the images themselves and what parts then needed additional language. Um, and this is one of the ways in which we came to develop the glossary at the back of the book, um, which is this section that sort of um, gives more context and depth to some of the ideas that we're talking about, like ableism, like pointing out different kinds of assistive devices the glossary really gives people uh, language tools to talk back to ableism or to think about disability culture. Um, and so uh, we, we uh, developed that glossary precisely because we couldn't say everything uh, in the text of the story uh, and we couldn't say everything through the images either. So for, for all of us, it was kind of um, this process of, of figuring out how we take these, these amazing ideas that are transforming the world uh, and, and give it to children and families uh, and community members in ways that um, can be easily understood uh, through multiple kinds of um, modalities. So in the images, through the text, and then sort of uh, more through a, a glossary encyclopedia approach. I, I wondered about the, the three words that are the title of the book that kind of frame the book, the idea of moving, the idea of togetherness. Were those uh, central ideas from the beginning? Did those evolve throughout the writing and drawing process? Uh, and why concentrate on this idea of moving together? I mean, I think when we started writing the book, um, it was really this moment for, for us in disability community where um, disability justice as a framework was really taking off. Um, so, uh, you know, disability justice um, as a framework has been around for, for over 15 years, um, but it was really starting um, uh, from our perspective, uh, to be influencing scholarship uh, and uh, wider social movements outside of, of disability movements. Um, and so there was really this idea that if, um, if we're going to change the world, we need to take disability seriously as, as a major component of that. And so that's going to be moving together with disabled people um, who are often left out of um, other kinds of social movements because of accessibility barriers, uh, ableism, um, and then and people's own um, kind of limitations. So um, yeah, I think I think it 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 I as I remember it, um, we moved together, we moved fast, we moved slow, uh, were the basis of, of how we started developing the story. Yeah, and I think we also, um, uh, and, it, and it does reference the quote that we have at the start of the book, which is a quote by um, Patty Byrne and Aurora Levins Morales, um, all bodies are unique and essential, all bodies are whole, all bodies have strength and needs that must be met. We are powerful, not despite the complexities of our bodies, but because of them, we move together with no body left behind. This is disability justice. And so th those words I think had um, a big impact on how we were how we were kind of thinking and obviously disability justice politics is underpinning a lot of um, the themes of the book. Um, and, and another thing I think that the, that the idea of we move together gives us, um, and, and Kelly is, it was getting at this as well, is, is, is this connection between our small movements, our individual movements, the ways in which um, we move through our communities as, as people, as, um, as families, as communities, as friends, um, and, and kind of broader social movements um, and social organizing and, and the ways in which movements move together. And I think that that kind of idea of 
of moving and moving together gave us, uh, you know, a springboard for thinking about all the, the ways in which those, those, you know, minute and larger um, movements are connected. Yeah, absolutely. And then um, also because so often with disability, uh, you know, it's a very individualized um, approach to understanding what, what's yeah. happening. And so we really wanted to emphasize that disability isn't about individuals. It's actually about a community. So the way in which we understand what disability is, is, is founded, is constructed, is constituted through the relations that we live in. Um, and so those are never going to be isolated events. Right. Um, and the meaning of disability shifts um, in, in collaboration with other people and, and non-humans um, and our environments. So uh, it was really important to us for, for the book to really emphasize this collective nature of um, defining, describing and practicing what disability is and what disability can be. I mean, and I think in the book, you know, there's uh, there's so clear evidence of all the collective parts of like the of the making together of the you know uh, when there are you know there's communities together, there's people on buses together, there's people walking and jogging together and rolling together, uh, and um, you know even even though we move fast, like the first I think it's the first image in in the there's still someone in crutches, you know, a little bit further back, right? Not moving as fast as everybody else. And it's like one of the, like a, a nod to even though we move fast, there's still people who are always gonna be moving slower. And so, you know, there's all these really, um, uh, really kind of important images that we don't ever really see in children's book, let alone in, in other forms of representation. So you've t talked a little bit about the process of you know writing and drawing, how collaborative it was, how back and forth it was. I'm I'm wondering about um, you know how did you come up with the language of uh, the the images? Because I'm sure there were um, at some point there was conversation about what they were going to look like. So I'm just wondering about about that process. The, it it started um, you know um, collaboratively uh, just as well. Um, I think we all kind of went and did our, our, our homework. We, we researched different um, uh, children's books, uh, images, uh, you know, what styles we liked, what connected with us, what we admire from different um, books. Um, and we kind of came together with this image and say, okay, we like this, we like that. And, and with that, uh, I, I went and, and kind of uh, did a bit of a, an exploration um, of different styles that we can we can try, and, and and it was an ongoing process too. Like we started and you know in, with with a certain style, and then as we progressed, we were like, mm, we're not feeling this. We're gonna mm -hmm. tweak a little bit, and we we got to a point um, uh, where we we felt comfortable and it felt right, and 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 it yeah, we just it you know it we 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 kind of took in all uh, like from different sources. Um, you know, they, we, we knew that we wanted something very colorful. Mm -hmm. um, we all uh, have a love of, uh, for uh, bright colors and that, that's something we wanted to, to come through and, and also just kind of uh, showing that, uh, you know, that joyfulness you wanted to uh, communicate in, in the book. Um, and, you know, the, the, we, you also wanted to reflect in the characters the, the kind of um, diversity that we see in our communities. Um, you know, all, all kinds of diversities, like racial diversity and um, gender and everything. Uh, and that was very important too, from the very beginning. That part is so mm -hmm. clear in the book, right? The, um, the clear kind of, uh, you know, it looks like when you're walking down a Toronto street, right? Or it looks like when you're walking down, um, um, you know, just a major city, right? It just, it looks like everybody is there and everyone seems to be represented, which is really nice. And go ahead, yeah. And it, it's, it's, it's something that um, is part of the, 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 the frustration at the beginning, um, mm. you know, that uh, Anne and Kelly were, were mentioning, like, you know, not only do we not see um, disabled characters uh, featured in children's book, but, you know, everything is very, you know, like we live in communities that are very diverse. Like you go to, you know, one of the, the scenes in the books that uh, we imagine it to be in, in the annex on, on Dorset mm -hmm. Street. You walk through the annex, and it's like you see everyone, you know, you know, from all kinds of all walks of life, and um, 
you know, you don't often see that uh, in, in children's books, more and more, you know, to be fair, uh, more and more we see it, but, um, you know, it has been done a lot in the past in a, in a very tokenistic kind of way. Um, so we want it to, be, to feel natural just because that's what we're all, you know, what we uh, live with and what we see every day. Yeah, and I think a lot of the a lot of the scenes in the book are actually like scenes from our our community, our various different communities, our kids, our kids' friends, um, and and our neighbors. And you know, I mean, the the bus, for example, in the bus scene is is our local bus that we take, <laughs> um, and the library is the local library. Um, uh, uh, along Anglington West, and and you know, it, and it's it's I, I think that was part of like what contributes to the kind of authenticity of the uh, of the images. Um, I think just to kind of go back uh, in terms of how the images came to be, um, early on um, after we wrote the text, Kelly and I um, sat down and um, well, we were on the phone actually. I don't know what you were doing, Kelly, but. Um, <laughs> we were talking on the phone and um, uh, kind of just brainstorming different ideas of like okay so we're going to talk about like moving fast what what might that look like where might that be um and and eventually kind of coming to just general ideas um of of where the scenes might be set um and then leaving it to eduardo to to do mock-ups of of different possibilities within um this imaginary or not imaginary this real world that, that we're kind of attempting to depict I think one of the things that was also really important for us from the beginning was um, to present the idea that we're not part of perfect communities. Mm -hmm. And so the very opening scene with We Move Fast, you know, these kids are really excited and, and you can see this at the playground all the time. Kids get an idea for a game and they just take off. They get caught up in their imaginary world um, and they can lose track of what's going on around them. And so um, these kids are really excited to be going through the park in the opening scene. And yeah, there's a child who is moving more slowly at the back and that child is sort of raising their arm and saying, hey, wait for me, you know? Um, and so it really, we try with the book to get to the idea that um, accessibility and disability community is not settled. Uh, there's, there are conflicts, there are challenges, um, and these are things that we need to be open to discussing and thinking about, uh, and then changing how we do things. And I think one of those is um, obviously the, the, you know, the image uh, and the moment about conflict in the book when it comes to straws and when it comes to climate change, when it comes to climate justice, right? It, I think such as um, a simple example, one that can be translated, you know, clearly to children about who needs straws and why they might need them. But then, you know, of course, something that we've discussed in university classes with our students and, and, you know, trying to, and, you know, it's been a conversation at conferences and, and so uh, the um, clearly can translate to like lots of different people, right? Uh, the need to, to, you know, iron out some of the challenges and differences that come across when it comes to different communities. Um, I, I do want to talk about um, the one particular image that I think I fell in love with with the book is uh, um, maybe more than halfway through the book is these beautiful hands kind of raised up into the sky and there's like these three bangles around um, these hands and I'm just wondering about that image how did it come to be it's probably the only image without a face in in the book um, um, and I remember like turning the page and specifically going like, wow, like that was the, like immediately I was kind of struck by it. What was it like drawing that? Why that particular kind of image? And, you know, uh, and my, um, I was, I showed it to my mom and she, uh, um, she said, what's happening? What's happening in this image? And, and I was like, no, I think they're lying on their back. And she's like, oh, really? And so we had this like conversation about this image and what was happening in it. And um, anyways, I just, you know, I have I have Eduardo here, so I'm gonna ask this question. And just, uh, I get the opportunity to. <laughs> That's a lovely story. Um, I do, that. that is one of my favorite aspects too, not to, not, not just as a final result, but like to, 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 to draw in color. Um, and it's mostly color and the drawing is very, uh, minimal um but this is one of the i think uh, if i remember correctly one of the earlier images that um, um we kind of talked about it, it was very clear we wanted this kind of like 
perspective. Um, uh, and it became clear that this this was a spread where you know that a lot of uh, things have been happening in in this book, mm -hmm. and and you know the characters have come to uh, uh, this this place of, of of conflict and friction that um, we were talking about uh, with the the straws and the environmental issues, uh, and 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 we wanted to follow that up with you know saying like sometimes we need to take a break. Sometimes you know in the face of conflict we can we can you know take a step back. And and you know take that break and and that was a perfect opportunity to to have that uh, um, reflected in the visuals. Um, the hands are, are actually in my hands. Um, oh. I I I I posed the hands um, in in front of my computer and I took a photo and I kind of used that as a as a reference to you know I changed the proportions a little bit um, because it's our kids' hands, but um, I. You know, I tried to. I use that as a as a base to kind of um, capture the 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 pose and the motion and the in the fingers. Um, but it, I don't know. It, that, you know, to me, it's such a beautiful image, and and uh, you know, people can you know find you know different 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 things in it. Like people say right away, oh, it's a you know, it's a character who's uh, steaming. Some people say it's just you're just lying your back, and I'm sure that. You know, a lot of people have done this as kids, as adults, just you know, line your bike, look at the trees up, um, look up at the trees and they look beautiful and like, just put your, your hands up and, and, and just enjoy the, the sun and the light and the, and the, the blowing, uh, you know, the leaves and everything. Anything you wanna add? Yeah, um, so I, I was thinking about um, what you were saying earlier, Fadi, about, um, how so many of these images are about relationships and about um, collectives, right? There's, and, and, and as you pointed out, this is one of, is the only um, image in the book where the character appears, um, well, I guess one of the only images um, where the character appears um, in a sense alone. And yet this, this image for me um, is about a relationship as well, very clearly, and, and, and the relationship um, between um, the, the character um, looking up and um, their environment. And I think uh, I, I really love that aspect of, mm -hmm. of, of um, moving together. So this is too an image of moving together, um, even though this character um, is, has taken a break, has moved away um, from the other characters. Um, and yeah, I, I like to how, um, and one of the things that we talked about in this kind of scene is the way you know, in which like there are three kind of images that are linked, the, the images of, of people um, outside of the lake or beside the lake who are eating and drinking and, and nourishing one another in a variety of different ways, including using straws and tubes. Um, and then the, the, the next scene, which is um, uh, the, the conflict scene, um, as we've, we've, we've spoken about. Um, and it's the, the conflict scene is um, taken from the perspective of uh, looking down on the conflict, right? So it's an it's a, it's like an aerial view mm. of these this group of kids who are all kind of lying on their on their stomachs or um, sitting or um, uh, and drawing on their posters. And then the final scene is looking is down looking up. And so there's this kind of shift in perspective that happens uh, between those scenes, as well as um, that, that. And I think that perspective change and that perspective shift can can be related to kind of these moments of of taking a break, right? And the value of slowing down, of stopping. Um, and, and that's also something that disability has taught us all quite a bit about. Mm -hmm. It was like a forced introspection, right? You know what I mean? It was, which is sometimes very welcome. Um, I, you know, I, uh, I wondered as well, you know, you were talking about like the relationship that, uh, that is in that image, this, the hands with nature, with rest, with, um, uh, and, you know, uh, as you flip through the book, you kind of get the themes of disability studies right away, right? Like there's a section on activism, there's a section on, uh, you know, the social model, right? At some point, there's a section on like a relational ontology, right? In, in uh, moving with bikes, moving with machines, moving with um, animals. And, and uh, uh, I guess I wonder, were, was it difficult to translate complex DS ideas into children's sentences or sentences for a children's book. As academics, 
um, how, how did that, what was that process like? I think it was a lot of trial and error. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, there, there is a reason why this book took us so many years um, from first idea to actually getting it hot off the printer. Um, and part of that is because we went back and forth a ton with the language mm -hmm. and with the visuals and we changed the scenes around. So what order the scenes would happen in, what was sort of a logical way to build the story. Um, and, and it was really important to us that this idea of movement have different kinds of um, temporal relations. So we often think about movement as being something that's happening quickly, um, but disability uh, studies as well as um, thinking more ecologically about the world gives us different kinds of temporal relations. Uh, and so moving slowly or stopping to take a break uh, where you sort of put yourself uh, in more of a temporal relationship with wind and um, light um, and maybe the grass that you're lying in, that, um, that gives you a different sense of movement and changes your perspective on, on what it means for, for social transformation. Um, so I think, I think a lot of the, the ways in which we figured out the language was also putting ourselves into these these moments and thinking about uh, how how movement changes our perspective, um, and and so thinking about academic ideas that we talk about in the classroom and translating them, um, it's it's never going to be just a one off. It sort of happens through through conversation. Yeah, and I think you know we've we've kind of touched on this, but you know, at the very beginning, we did, we did have kind of these ideas that we wanted to talk about. We wanted to talk about, um, or not to talk about necessarily, but to kind of engage and, and bring to life, animate interdependence. Um, we wanted to um, uh, touch on um, uh, intergenerational um, memory yeah. um, and transgenerational memory. Um, and, and so these are kind of big concepts that we do talk about in, in the lecture hall um, that we wanted to, that are also quite simple, I think, in, in, in some ways, um, because they are rooted in our everyday lives um, and they're rooted in concepts that I think many people are familiar with on some level. Um, um, and so, you know, like this idea of interdependence is a big word. <laughs> um, and if you say it out loud, you know, I'm sure a lot of people be like, what are you talking about? Um, but you know, it is a very kind of simple concept in many ways, you know, like the, this image of, of the bee and the flower, you know, what is the relationship between the bee and the flower? And, and that's, that's a really kind of interesting way to start to talk about um, uh, the ways in which our relationships and our, um, sorry, our, our existence, our flourishing, our, our well-being is dependent upon um, a network of other beings um, and technologies and environments. And that is a conversation that can be had with grownups and it's a conversation that can be had with really young children as well. Um, and, and I think that, you know, this trial and error oftentimes was kind of us sitting down with our, our, our own children and say, okay, like, let's have this conversation. What, how are we gonna talk about this together? What makes sense to you? And so we, I think that was kind of another component um, that we didn't talk about earlier about the, in terms of the collaboration of the book is um, the, 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 the conversations that came after we had a first draft of the book, mm -hmm. um, conversations that happened through reading to our children and our, our children's friends, uh, conversations that happened when we sent the book out to you know, all sorts of different people in community, uh, disability communities um, uh, across Turtle Island um, and, and, and got feedback um, from, from those folks as well. And so then the book took shape in different ways again through, through those conversations that happened. Um, after the first draft. Wow. Yeah, and not not only did we send it to to disability communities, but the press also read a first draft of the book, and and um, those are people who are less embedded in disability community, and so for them it was um, it gave us a real a really good outsider's perspective of how the book might be read by people who aren't quite as familiar with these ideas. Um, and they had a lot of suggestions for how we could uh, tweak the language or modify some of the images. I mean, it's, um, you know, I, as, as someone who uh, feels like they can, you know, get some of the themes that you guys were trying to get across and 
it, it, it feels like a considerable amount of work, right, to distill some of these theoretical ideas, but they're, they're communicated so beautifully and so easily, I feel. So the, <laughs> there's just so much work that went into this. And, um, uh, and it's just a, I mean, it's a great piece of work. I, I, I want to talk a little bit about um, what it was like to draw yourselves into the book. Um, and also to draw your friends, some of your friends into the book. And uh, was that process intimidating or fun or, um, yeah, what was that like? <laughs> um, I, hmm. I, I don't think it was intimidating. <laughs> I mean, I think it was maybe intimidating to, uh, to get, uh, I mean, Kelly's uh, likeness, <laughs> you know, that was, you know, that was fair. I, uh, I, I, I didn't think much about drawing myself, um, hope, hoping that I didn't, you know, I don't know, draw myself any better than I actually look. Um, I think it's <laughs> fine. I think I just tried to get, um, you know, and in, in, there's so many characters throughout the book that um, uh, that we wanted to include uh, many uh, like disability activists and people who have been influential and we wanted to honor by including them. Um, so I, I tried to, you know, um, uh, portray them in a, in a, in a, you know, portray their likeness, um, and, and while, you know, keeping the style of the book, right. you know, in some cases, uh, uh, I would draw someone and then, um, Kelly and I would say, okay, it's, it's too, too realistic. Let's just tone it down <laughs> a little bit. Uh, it should be more in the style of the characters. Okay. That's fair. Um, um, so yeah, it's, it's a matter of like, you know, capturing the essence of the characters, uh, um, and, and, you know, make, making sure that everyone is uh, well represented. Um, I think uh, in terms of the book, uh, you know, it's based on a lot of our actual experiences. So not only the experience of um, not being able to find children's books that talked about disability justice or ableism that we could share with our own children, but also our everyday frustrations of experiencing um, ableism or mm -hmm. witnessing. Um, the ways in which um, ableism is affecting our communities. So the the scene of the of going for ice cream and not being able to get into the ice cream shop that's an experience I have had um, in Ottawa with my kids in the heat of the summer where it's like let's go get some ice cream and then we show up and there's there's no way to get in. Um, and so you know. Um, one of the th reasons why we included ourselves was precisely because we've had these experiences. And so um, it, 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 it has shaped our perspective um, on the world. Uh, and we wanted to be able to share that with others. I love that. Yeah, I think I, I was thinking like almost um, every spread um, has a story behind it, you know, like that, you know, we've talked about that we've either experienced or, um, uh, you know, yeah, we experienced, um, like the, the tangled scene, um, actually happened as well. Like uh, we were, um, um, my child and I were, were at a, a book release for Eli Clare's, uh, Brilliant Imperfections at, at Tangled. And, um, my son was quite young at the time and, and it was the first time he really kind of was captivated by the ASL interpreters and, and, um, and, 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 you know, the kinds of conversations that evolved and, 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 um, after that, um, initial encounter, that curiosity, that wonder that came from um, that experience. And so I think, you know, drawing us into it um, felt natural in the sense that we were drawing our experiences, we were drawing our, our worlds. Um, but also, you know, like what you, you were mentioning about um, incorporating uh, other kind of figures into the book that are, are uh, real people. And um, we talked a lot about citation. Um, and we're, Kelly and I are academics, we, we cite, and, and this is what we do when we write about different concepts. Um, and we uh, couldn't necessarily do that in the same way in the, in the context of the children's book. Um, and so, you know, we were, we were drawing on, on um, politics and frameworks of disability justice, for example, that were elaborated on and created and, and dreamed up and put into the world uh, by, you know, people like Patty Byrne, people like Leroy Moore, um, Mia Mingus, uh, Eli Clare, and, and other figures that, um, that you, you can spot, uh, um, Alice Wong, uh, that you can spot in, in the book's illustrations. And so including the images of, of those folks um, 
was a ver like our kind of kids picture book version of citation um, and and then also uh, including their name and their work and their contributions in the in the glossary so that um, folks reading um, then can can learn more and and so that's part of the the kind of website development um, and the educational curriculum that we're in the process of of creating um, so that we can then amplify um, uh, the perspectives of, of various disabled artists and activists that we touch on in the book. I mean, that's uh, drawing them in as a form of citation. That's a really cool, almost like a you know a, a crip way of doing things, right? Just finding a different way of like in you know of. Uh, of putting people in, acknowledging their work. That's really cool. That's really cool. Um, I, I guess I want to move on a little bit to thinking about behind the scenes a little bit. Um, were there moments of learning? Was there a particularly funny moment in this project? Uh, or um, uh, things that really changed uh, throughout the process? I, I would say the whole thing it has been a learning process. It still okay. is. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, I, you know, Anne and Kelly have uh, published uh, books before and uh, not children's books, but, you know, academic books. Uh, uh, so they know they know a little bit of, about the process of publishing books. This is new to me. So I do learn a lot uh, about how to, you know, um, you know, about uh, working with the press and putting the book out and et cetera, et cetera. But in terms of the, the production of the actual book, um, that was also a big learning curve for me because I've, I've never, you know, and done any children's books. Uh, you know, my illustration experience was limited to very small, uh, you know, pieces. Uh, um, so it, it, you know, it gave, it gave me a lot of <laughs> respect for children, uh, children's book illustrators <laughs> uh, because a lot of work. Uh, um, but yeah, I just learned, and um, like I mentioned before, like there was a lot of kind of evolution of the style. Um, um, I mean, at some point we had to say, okay, this is our style and we, we feel comfortable with it and we're gonna move forward and, and you know, do every, the whole book like this. Um, but before that, just getting to, to that, that style um, and the colors and the, the, the line work um, was a bit of a discovery process um, that uh, we, we went through collectively. Um, and just you know, every spread there will be something um, that, where we would try to communicate this um, this concepts and these ideas, and and you know, I would I would do a, 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 a mock up a, a layout, and and you know, it didn't feel quite right. They didn't communicate the idea very well. So we'll try it in a different way, or or, or a certain character, uh, the posture, the you know, the the hands, the action, something didn't feel quite right. Mm. Um, uh, for example, the um, the kid in the first spread and the kid in the crotches, like we we went back and forth as to you know, you know how how would this kid what would he uh, be doing? Uh, is he is he waving? Is he like at some point he was he was actually playing um, 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 we, uh, interacting at the at the front of the the the, the group and then. Um, you know, we we it it gave a different meaning to the spread, and and we kind of like changed it a little bit. Um, so all all these kind of conversations um, about style and language like led to the fact that we were found ourselves in a position where we had a lot of work to do. Eduardo had a lot of like <laughs> illustrative work to do, and like the deadline mm -hmm. was coming. And Eduardo, as you mentioned before, and I are partners, and 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 we kind of had this like the issue of like childcare. And so when Eduardo was you know, drawing in the evenings, and that meant like I was putting the kids to bed every night. And, you know, it became kind of this like balance between, okay, you're going to put the kids to bed, but we're not going to get further with the book. And then, you know, so there was all that, that kind of drama toward the end as we were approaching the deadline. And at one point, um, I was like, can, can I color in the images? Like, will you teach me how to use Photoshop? And so Eduardo taught me and then he taught Mateo and then all three of us, our, our, our sorry, our, our nine-year-old son. And, and so we were all um, drawing I mean, coloring uh, in the evenings <laughs> to get to get the the scene, and then of course Eduardo would take our coloring and, and make it look nice <laughs> in the end. But so it really, again, like the the collaboration behind the scenes um, happened, even bringing our, our kids involved, getting our kids involved, and in, uh, in terms of meeting this this final press deadline. <laughs> in, in our website, you can see a photo of Matteo uh, coloring uh, one of the spreads. Oh, wow. uh, but uh, yeah, it got to the point where it was like I was just like be furiously drawing this uh, um, 
these images and then um, Anne and Mateo will be uh, coloring <laughs> to uh, catch up with me. And then of course our son um, was not so happy when his name wasn't on the cover uh, as illustrator. <laughs> so that was another tension that arose. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, I'm a tester and a part-time illustrator and I get no credit here. What's up? <laughs> He still wants parts uh, of the royalties. I feel like that's only fair. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, I think it's really it's really difficult to, um, uh, as lots of people know who are involved in political projects, to do something as a second job or sort of like off the side of your desk. And so the fact that all of us are working full time and have young children and then are invested in this political project of bringing this book to the world, um, it definitely had a ton of challenges. And I think there was lots of times when we met uh, and, and sort of just were like, how are we gonna get this thing done? <laughs> um, but it did really help that Anne and I have worked together before collaboratively doing um, writing. Um, and and then bringing Eduardo into the picture felt like a really natural fit, uh, and we all, uh, I think, trust each other quite uh, deeply. So it's like you know, I say I'm going to go off and do something, and 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 Anne and Eduardo trust that I will get it done, even if it doesn't happen right away. Um, and and same with Eduardo. You know, Anne and I would talk a lot about our vision for particular scenes, and then it's just like see what you can come up with. Um, and and it all sort of um, worked out. That's wonderful. And because Kelly and I, Kelly and I are simultaneously working on, on different writing projects, both this like children's writing project, and then we're also um, in the process of, of, of writing an adult book together. <laughs> um, and so the, some of the switch off happened at that, at that register, you know, like, okay, Kelly, you're gonna go work on like, the adult book and, and then I'm going to focus my time on the children's book and then we'll switch <laughs> so that we're getting um which is you know itself a form of academic inter interdependence um you know like the ways in which um we are navigating kind of the demands of publication in the academy through um uh like sharing of, of labor of and, and ideas um through co-publishing so that's that's a you know another example I guess just as a way to kind of wrap things up, I, I wondered if you could tell me a little bit about your desires for the book in the future. Um, who do you hope reads it? Where do you hope it ends up? Um, will there be a volume two? I think we want the book to be read widely. So it's, this is, um, you know, one of our reviewers called the book a love letter uh, to disability communities. And I think it's very much um, a love letter sort of invoking disability culture and joy, the magic um, that can come out of doing things interdependently and working with each other for change. There, there is something um, about those experiences that really, um, you know, really fulfill our, our lives in, in deep and meaningful ways. Uh, but we also, we want the book to be read outside of, of disability communities. And so um, most recently we have developed a 60 page um, open source learning guide uh, that can be used by primary education teachers primarily, although it's also adaptable to other kinds of um, situations like uh, brownie troops um, or community organizations that wanna talk about disability. Um, and so that learning guide uh, has um, different activities, different discussion questions, ways of, of using the book to, to think a little bit more deeply um, about some of the issues that we bring up. The education guide, learning guide, um, I think is kind of that, that next piece, you know, after we felt like, okay, we need a glossary, then we felt like, okay, <laughs> maybe this is a, you know, a bigger, a bigger project that we can kind of share some of the stories and some of the ideas behind the images. Um, or give the, you know, as a way of, of, of uh, prompting uh, different kinds of conversations, um, both in the classroom, and I think it can be used by, by parents as well, and or anyone who, um, uh, you know, is interested in having these kinds of discussions. One of the things that um, a number of people have pointed out to us about the book, um, and, and, and one of the things that I think I'm most proud about the book is, is the idea that it's not, We Move Together isn't providing a set of answers um, about the question of disability, accessibility, ableism, um, social movements and, and so on. It, it's, it's providing a space for discussion. It's giving kind of these tantalizing sentences or images that are provocative in some way. Um, 
that that will hopefully generate a conversation about okay you know what is the problem at the ice cream shop how do we solve how do we kind of orient to um, address this problem of plastics um in a way that um uh allows all of our communities um ensures all of our communities are, are flourishing those are big questions that we don't solve actually in the book and and um and i think the education sorry the learning guide um provides a space to have those kinds of conversations um and discussions um well and and i think it will work where again like as kelly mentioned we've we've geared it toward you know roughly grade one to grade for it can be easily, I think, adapted um, to uh, older students in elementary and high school even. Um, and I plan to use it in, in my undergrad classes as well. I think um, already I've heard from several students who have picked up the book and have said like, I understand a little bit more about what you've been talking about in class um, because, I, because I read this book. And, and I think that's really um, exciting for me to think about the ways in which uh, the book can be um, transformative or has the potential to be transformative for kinds of conversations that adults are having as well. Parents who are reading the book to kids, I think will also get something out of it. I think the learning guide is one of the things that's unique about our book um, compared to other children's books. But um, another thing that makes the book quite unique is that we've been really committed to making the book as accessible as possible. So on our website over the next couple of months, we are developing access tools. So the book will be um, posted in a, a ASL interpretation on a YouTube video. There's going to be audio description. We have an ebook version. Uh, and we also have uh, image descriptions available for, for all the images um, in the book. That's exceptional. Wow. And, and so that website is wemovetogether.ca. Um, and so people can go check out um, a whole bunch of more information about the book. Um, the way that I like to close this podcast um, every single time is how I'll do it again today. Um, can you share maybe a little bit of how you think disability can save the world? Well, I mean, what I was, what I, I'll go first. Um, <laughs> what I was thinking um, when, you, when you, you had posed that question, and I know you posed it at the end of, of the podcast, um, is that, you know, disability justice, you know, I think disability justice politics in, in a sense, and, and also the narrative that that is put forward in our book is that disability might not be able to change the world on its own, right? We move together. Um, that it's not, um, that it's not the, the, the singular answer to transformative change. Um, but disability does have something I think profound to teach us about how we might enact change, the process uh, through which we might enact change. So one of the things I've kind of learned a lot about by kind of being a body and a mind in the world, very, a varying body and mind in the world. Um, and one of the things that I, I think I've learned a lot through in and through like this various disability relationships is that change never happens alone. It's always, um, you know, happening in relation to um, other beings, other entities, other relationships, um, this idea of, of uh, interdependence. Um, and I think disability offers us kind of a way of thinking about our interdependencies, a way of considering and then reconsidering, um, uh, you know, are we maintaining good relations um, uh, with our various um, uh, 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 counterparts in this world? Um, and so I think disability offers us a, a, a space to think about um, uh, how we move together and then moving together is what changes the world or what offers us a, a way of, of enacting transformative social change. I fully endorse that position. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, I guess my, my non-academic uh, response would be, uh, I think that uh, something that is very, is very um, noticeable during this pandemic time is this, um, you know, how the way that we, um, we all have had to kind of adapt to life in the in the, in the pandemic with living with COVID and, and with all these restrictions and and that's something that uh, disabled uh, people have done really well all along. Like because you know there's something that they 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 know of like the the having to adapt, having to live with uh, with with um, you know 
in, in a world that offers restrictions and limitations and 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 that's something that we can all uh learn learn uh, from um how to um you know how to negotiate all this all this uh, uh limitations how to you know pause how to move slower how to <laughs> think about all the things uh, um about access you know uh you know when we uh, talk about like uh, Zoom meetings, or you know how how to make them accessible to everyone. How how we make sure that uh, is um, you know not having a you know like uh, your your background on Zoom or your camera on is is uh, you know equitable and and all these things that you know um, uh, the disability community have uh, have been living through. And I think that's uh, you know applicable to 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 us all, and we can learn from. I think another way that disability saves the world is that um, there is no one solution to all of the problems that we face. Uh, and so anyone who's familiar with disability community will know that you can have endless checklists of best accessibility practices. You can have you know, universal design and all of these things. Uh, and there's still gonna be people uh, that are left out or um, non-human uh, components of the world that um, are, are are treated poorly, and so um, it's really it's really important to uh, come to the table knowing that there's not going to be one solution to solve our problems, and that we're going to need to um, collaborate with uh, many different people, things, animals, species. Thank you all for um, your very thoughtful responses to the question. Thank you for writing this wonderful book. Um, it was it's a it's a pleasure to read and reread. Um, uh, and thank you for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Thanks for having us, Vadi. You're welcome. Happy to be here. Thanks again to Kelly, Anne, and Eduardo for coming on the show. Please get in touch by sending us an email at disabilitysavestheworld at gmail.com. If you're interested to learn more about me, check out my website, fadishinuda.com. This podcast is hosted and produced by me, Fadi Shinuda, and is edited by Yasmina Martinez. Thank you for listening and see you next time on Disability Saves the World. Mm-hmm.